0: Arguably the best defensive player in the NFL, TJ Watt, out there on the defensive line. The man's a beast. He definitely, when he's playing and he's not hurt, which we've seen him hurt a couple times, when he's healthy and he's out there, that defense is different. The defense clicks. It moves at a different pace, a different level. He is the leader of that team.
1: Yeah, he, he is a game wrecker on the defense. Uh, like you said, they're a completely different team with him on and off the field. So. Even I think the offense gets a little juice from him being on the field too. I think the Steelers overall look different with TJ Watt playing.
0: All about the balls podcast with Mark Davis, Chris Kehmeyer, Luke Rule, and Nick the Doc Skirkleus. Hello and welcome. To this man, we're about to have hot takes as we cover the AFC North episode of All About the Balls Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Davis, live from the Sack House. Join alongside my two brothers, Luke Rule, Chris Kameinhart, and shout out to you, Doc, as you will not be able to make it. You are celebrating a newlywed couple in Chicago. Congratulations to the lovely new couple, Doc. We hope you get there safe and return safe to us. But Luke. I'm excited. I know it's going to be a lot of hot takes. I know you're excited. This is the AFC North. This is your division. Are you ready? And how are you doing tonight?
1: No, I'm doing good. Yeah, I'm ready to talk about the AFC North. Probably the best division in the NFL right now. Super competitive. A lot of talent around here. So it's fun to talk about.
0: I agree <laughs> with you. Starting
2: off with hot takes.
0: No, I will agree <laughs> with Luke on one thing. This will be the best this division be best. in football. All four teams. This is my hot take in June. All four teams in the AFC North will have a winning record this year. Chris, congratulations on those fucking LSU Tigers as they advanced in the College World Series in baseball to face your Florida Gator rivalry. That's not not football, but hey, renew the rivalry for baseball. You guys were in a double elimination bracket. You lost that. You had to win two games in a row. You did it. You clutched up. Congratulations, LSU, my friend. How are you doing tonight?
2: I'm doing fucking amazing, Mark. LSU's making it to the finals. Once again, we'll have a rematch of the 2017 finals with LSU and Florida. Unfortunately, they swept us in 2017. But my boy Tommy fucking tanks walked it off in the 11th inning. Fucking love that, man. Yeah, and it the, reason why y'all didn't went
0: to, the reason why you didn't win 2017 is because you had that long-haired, blonde piece of shit. Forgot his name, but I remember we were watching that. I think it was during the cruise lifestyles that we had. Fuck that guy. But LSU's winning it. We don't, we're don't, we not a Gator fan in this house, this household, not this sack house. We don't watch the Gators. We don't root for them. Wade, if you're listening, fuck the Florida Gators. Go Tigers. <laughs> Go Tigers. But hey, we got a pretty good show. Like I said, AFC North breakdown. We're going to talk about the Detroit Lions alternate throwback helmet. Well, not helmet, but the logo's a throwback with the mixture of the new helmet they released. We're going to talk about the Chris Paul and Porzingis trades individually. We're also going to talk about Qatar. The Middle East is buying into American sports, boys. Les Miles is on the docket as well with primetime. Dion Sanders and we have a new listeners load out there. Shout out to you, Ladarius, on Instagram that hit us up with our listeners load question today. But hey, that being said, boys, AFC North. Luke starting off with one of the Ohio teams, the Cleveland Browns, who finished last year at seven and ten, and obviously last year they didn't have their quarterback for most of the year. He was serving an eleven game suspension, but Deshaun Watson. Finally played some games after sitting out a year in Houston and sitting out 11 games his first year in Cleveland. Is the rust going to be off for Deshaun Watson? Can he get back to that top five quarterback form he showed in Houston?
1: No, I, I don't think so. I think he's been out of the game for too long to get the rust knocked off. I think the rust is pretty set in on him. So it's just just a big pile of money the Browns just wasted on Deshaun Watson.
0: Yeah, fully guaranteed. I mean, I mean first, I mean Kirk Cousins had that contract, but first like that to that amount. Chris, I know your father-in-law is a big, big Cleveland Browns fan. I know you've been hearing about it. This is the year for the Cleveland Browns, I bet, in that household. Is this the year? Can Deshaun Watson get them to do what Baker did, win a playoff game, get in the playoffs, make some noise?
2: Yeah, first off, shout-out to Daddy A, huge Browns fan. He texted me before the show. He's like, don't fucking shit-talk my team. And <laughs> I was like, I never would do that. I mean, he already bought my son a couple – Browns things before I even bought my son some Saints stuff. So I mean, if that says anything. He's a Browns hey, fan, man. Yeah, I mean, no, hey, he's loyal, not. loyal, he's loyal to the, loyal to the Browns, man. <laughs> hey, that little boy is gonna be wearing black and gold for the rest of his life. <laughs> but Chris, um, is Deshaun uh, yeah, back gonna knock to,
0: that rust off?
2: Yeah, no. Back to Deshaun. I, I think he is. I mean, last season he wasn't able to have the offseason. He missed what? What was it? The first 10, 10 games. 11 games last year. 11 games. 11 games. Wasn't able to like be at the facility. Couldn't make that chemistry with his wide receivers. So, I mean, I think going into this offseason, off season, having a full offseason, working with the coaches, technically second year in the system, year and a half, we'll say, or half a year, and this will be his full year. I think he's going to knock some rust off. Is he going to go back to being a top five quarterback? I I don't believe so. I mean – he might have to get some more massages out there.
0: Yeah. And I agree with you, Chris, uh, with the whole, he's going to knock that rust off. I, I think now, like you said, he's at that full, I mean, he was there for the off season last year, but then you miss 11 games. So like the chemistry kind of wears off. I think now him and Amari Cooper can start to get that, that chemistry, David Njoku. I know they drafted a receiver, Cedric Tillman out there from Tennessee. They have Dom people's Jones. I think they have some good weapons and things like that, but I don't know if they're going to win the division necessarily, maybe make a wild card. Like I said, all four teams will be a winning record in my opinion. But I think Deshaun can get back to that form. Maybe he might not be top five, maybe sneaking around like top 10 this year and then build that chemistry for the 2024. But I like Cleveland. I think they're a sneaky team, Luke. And I'm sorry, man. I think Deshaun can take take him to the playoffs this year. I really do. I like Cleveland's chances. They have a good defense. I think the next topic we're going to hit is Nick Chubb. Can Kevin Stefanski, who's a running uh, coordinator back with Minnesota, can he get Nick Chubb more involved? I know they cut his load last year when Watson got there. Is that going to be the key? Balance that offense with Nick Chubb and Deshaun Watson.
1: I, I think Nick Chubb is going to be the workhorse for that offense still. So I think they're going to be run heavy offense, then try to see what Deshaun can do. So try and knock the rust off and not playing for pretty much what he's been out like three years almost not playing, give or take Yeah, a year and a half. Some, yeah, a year and a half. A little ball here, a little ball there, then – but no, yeah. I, I don't. I don't see Deshaun doing well. He had what seven touchdowns, five interceptions last season. I think he's going to continue that pace.
0: Chris, Nick Chubb going to get involved more and make that that team more balanced. I mean, obviously it's still a passing era or a passing league, but get Nick Chubb involved and then you know let Deshaun Watson do his thing.
2: Yeah, I mean what we saw last year, Chubb. I mean this is just fantasy standpoint. Chubb was a top five running back going into it, and then Watson came in and he definitely tallied off. Was that because of Deshaun Watson not knowing, really knowing the offense? We don't know, but I definitely think, especially with the Kareem Hunt news, Chubb is going to get a lot more work, workload, workload. He's going to be a little horse down there, just running that ball.
0: Yeah. Especially with no Kareem Hunt there now. So I, I like it though. I really do. I I think Nick Chubb can get involved more. I think savansky's a good play caller when it comes to the offensive side. And, I think it's going to be balanced, and I think that, I think that's going to get Cleveland to be probably no more than the third place in the division, which, like I said, I can get you in the playoffs in the AFC North. Even all four teams can get in with the the new seven playoffs uh, in each or a conference. But the question also with the offense, boys, is last year they were pretty high in turnovers. Can they cut the turnovers now, now that you have a more experienced uh, quarterback? Like I said, we know what Watson had some turnovers last year, but that comes with not playing for a while. Chris, Deshaun Watson going to cut the turnovers down and actually be electric?
2: Yeah, Mark, you hit it on the nail right there. I mean, it just comes off with the rust. I think we're definitely going to see the turnovers kind of go down a little bit. He's going to have that connection with the wide receivers, know what their mind thought is going out there in the receiving. So I think we're going to see the turnovers go down.
0: Yeah, Luke, I do too. I really think that, that in the turnovers, interceptions – the lost fumbles from quarterbacks—it's going to be there. Deshaun Watson has, like I said, when he was playing in his pro or in his Houston days, and even Clemson, the man was a baller. And I think he can get back to that. I think the interceptions will be cut down this year. Take a load off the defense. Let the defense not play, you know, in bad position, and let the actual offense work.
1: I I, I still think they'll be on the higher side for turnovers in the NFL. I mean, I think he'll cut it back from being what two touchdowns higher in interceptions, but. I still think he's, he'll be on the higher side of the turnovers for the NFL.
0: Kind of like Josh Allen last year, maybe like 14 or 15 yeah. or something like
1: that. He, I think he's going to try to prove himself this year, and I think he's going to try to do too much slinging the ball, try to make some tight window throws like he used to do when he was uh, playing with the Houston. And I don't think he's the same quarterback he was in Houston.
0: Yeah, I unfortunately disagree, Luke. I'm telling you right now, Deshaun Watson's going to prove. I said it. He was going to struggle his first year back, you know, the the few games he's going to play. I've always been a Deshaun Watson fan. Like Dabo Sweeney said, he could be the Michael Jordan of football. I really think that Deshaun Watson has that talent in him. I think it's still there. I think the drama's behind him. All that tension's gone. He can focus on football again. Hey, but I mentioned the defense, Chris, and we know they have one of the best defensive players in the league, Miles Garrett. But outside Miles Garrett, this team was, like, taught, I think, like, the bottom three or four teams in getting sacks. Can someone else other than Miles Garrett get sacks and force the defense off the field and let the offense work?
2: Yeah, I mean, the Browns this offseason definitely clearly had one thing going into it, and that was a commitment to improve the D-line. I mean, they signed Dalvin Tomlinson in free agency. They also signed Zadarius Smith. I mean, he racked up 84 pressures last year, one of his highest ones coming out of the Vikings. So, I mean, they definitely committed to improving that D-line. Is it going to work? We're going to just have to see how this chemistry is in that D-line.
0: Yeah, Luke, you know about Zayarius Smith. Can he help Miles Garrett, one of the best pass rushers in the league?
1: Yeah, Zayarius Smith is, uh, you know, drafted by Baltimore, homegrown D.I. He got too expensive for Baltimore's taste, but it, he's on his fourth team now, so he's been moving around the NFL quite a bit. So yeah, I don't, I don't he, think that's. Th- I don't think that's due to talent. Doesn't have, so I, yeah, doesn't have as big of an impact on defensive linemen as much, but still, move move around that many times like it sucks. I mean, he's he's a beast. So I'll give it to him but he he's going to start aging a little bit so
0: yeah i do though. So, I, I agree sorry chris you go ahead no you go ahead
2: so does does it mean if a player moves around a lot and is aging that means that they're on the downward slope
0: well how how old is Darius smith Does anyone i mean I didn't, I didn't actually look at his age um I mean, you
1: should i ask him in the airport
0: i, yeah, I did meet Darius <laughs> smith um i think it was I think it was, yeah, it was last year in the offseason. I met him in the Minnesota airport when I was traveling back from Florida. I mean, Zadarius Smith is only 30 years old, and I, you know, he's not going to be the, the primary pass rusher. I mean, yes, he's going to get his chances. I think they have the talent, though. You can't now double-team Miles Garrett because you've got to focus on Zadarius and that frees up Miles Garrett to get more pressures as well.
1: Yeah, I think so. it's a pretty good duo at the uh, defensive end position to have both of them paired up together. I think they'll do well together.
0: And like Chris said, I got Dalvin Tomlinson as well. It's a pretty big body in the middle of the, the line too to yeah. you know cause no. some uh pro some, some blocking for him too. So yeah, I think if this defense, which you know, last year they were fourteenth overall in yards. So I mean they were in the middle of the pack scoring, they gave up some points too. But like I said, that scoring also matters because they're in bad field position to start off because of the offense struggling. So that offense can balance out with the defense. I think this team can be good. And with that, the expectations, boys, nine and a half. I mean, it's a pretty good number, I think, with Adam Watson for the whole year. Luke, what you got?
1: So, I, I got the Browns taking seven losses. So I think they get swept by the Bengals and Ravens, and they will split the Steelers. Then they'll lose to the Jags and the Jets. So you have the um, over
0: on that one, then. Yeah. So if you have ten, if yeah. you have seven losses, yeah, you're over. Hey, yeah, I got seven, well, seven losses.
1: I got, yeah, I got everybody. AFC North will be pretty good this season.
0: Yeah, and I like I said. Every team winning record, I believe every team can get nine wins. Chris, you had that schedule pulled up. I know Luke was already ready. What's your over-under for the Cleveland Browns? You don't have to read through every game. Just what you think, what you're looking at in the early going in June.
2: Yeah, I have them about about ten wins. I think they split with Cincinnati. They split with Baltimore. I think they also split with the Steelers. I mean, they. I think that whole division is going to split wins. I don't think one is much greater than the other.
0: Yeah, I can see definitely see that. I can see every team being three and three in division record when it's all said and done. So you have the over. I have the over too. I think Cleveland will be at bet, at worst. I'm sorry, the third place team. We'll see what Baltimore is going to do. I mean, I don't have Baltimore winning division, so we know where I lie with division winners. But yeah, I have the over too, and that just solely falls on Deshaun Watson being a way better quarterback than they had last year with um, Jacoby Brissett, and then himself coming in towards the end of the year and having Nick Chubb actually get more load, you know, actually get more of a workload with uh, Deshaun Watson and the starting uh, quarterback position. So yeah, that's the Cleveland Browns boys. That is, you know, last, last year's last place team and moving on, we have the Pittsburgh Steelers who once again, another winning record under Mike Tomlin man's never had a losing record as a Pittsburgh Steelers head coach. They were nine and eight. The question is Chris second year sophomore season for Kenny Pickett. Can he make that jump? And be a little better than he did last year and take this team. Now adding Allen Robinson from the Los Angeles Rams and drafting Darnell Washington uh it the backup to Pat Frumuth, can Kenny Pickett get it done?
2: Yeah, I mean I can see this being the same situation out there in Duval County with T Law. I mean, T Law definitely improved his second season, but I mean, barring any like a massive breakout from Kenny, I still see him as the fourth best signal caller in this division right now.
0: Luke, you with chris on that one probably just going to be an average quarterback at best
1: yeah i think kenny Pickett. i mean i think he'll be better than he played last season but i still think in this division he'll still be on either at same level as deshaun watson maybe a little bit worse uh his his weapons don't really scare me either george pickens i think is a little overrated he he'll make some highlight catches but other than that he's not making too many big like big time catches in games and alan robinson i think he's Getting a little washed up he's a little older uh i don't think he did too much in his last team and deontay johnson i think, I think he's actually a stud though yeah johnson's
0: good he just can't get in the end zone yeah. i don't think he had one touchdown to yeah. last year he's kind of had that he had that julio effect for a little bit last yeah. year but yeah i kind of agree with you guys i i, I think kenny pickett's just going to be average the fourth best qb in the, the division i do think though the defense which we'll talk about in a little bit is good enough to get them maybe in the playoffs. I mean, like I so said, this is a defensive division at at its finest, literally. But I don't know. But Kenny Pickett's going to struggle, and that, that falls on also – not struggle, but the average. To me, that also falls, boys, on Najee Harris. Yes, he did have a 1,000 yards last year, but he only averaged 3.8 yards per carry. So they obviously force-fed him the ball so much that he had a 1,000 yards. Horrible sophomore season, in my opinion, when it comes to actually just rushing the ball. Do you think Najee Harris can bounce back from that sophomore slump to help Kenny Pickett?
2: So, I mean, first before anything, don't disrespect Kenny Pickett. That's a future MVP right there (laughs) or Super Bowl, Pro Bowl contestant. So don't, don't disrespect him. But I mean, Najee, he's such a, he's a difficult running back because Tomlin and that whole Steelers organization has definitely voiced that they want to cut back on making him the workhorse in that offense but they still continue to feed him the ball every single game so i i mean i think he bounces back but i think it's just going to be average thousand yard rusher you, again
0: the so pretty much the offense will just be average luke kind of agree with chris there you think maybe harris is going to stay back where he was at last year or do you think he's going to bounce back to like his rookie year
1: yeah, I think he'll maintain, like last season, nothing, nothing fancy coming out of the Steelers' offense. They're going to maintain that, that ground to pound at least as best they can. So Najee's probably going to stick to his three yards of carry and edge out 1,000 yards for the season, just pounding down. Uh, yeah, that offense I think has been pretty flat for the most part. Kenny Pickett, I a mean, good player, but I don't think he's going to be at the, the level he needs to be in this division.
0: Yeah, I don't know how I feel about Najee Harris. I do know, though, that it, I think it solely falls on the offensive line and the running game. If That running game can get going. Like I said, a, a quarterback's best friend is a run game because it opens up the play action. It opens up the people being stacked, so more one-on-ones with your receivers. I think Deontay Johnson and Pickens can make plays. I don't know about Al Robinson. I like to see him bounce back. He had a horrible year with the Rams. Also didn't have Stafford most of the year, so that you know kind of hurts. But, yeah, I think it solely falls on Matt Canada, the offensive coordinator, getting Najee Harris, better looks line protecting a lot better for him and then letting Kenny Pickett do his thing. Mr. Two glove out there, let him do his thing. I mean, he's athletic enough to also make plays in the run game too. He's not Lamar Jackson, but he could definitely, you know, run the ball. We saw him do it in Pittsburgh university at Pittsburgh when he did that fake slide. But yeah, I, the offense to me, that's the, it's the key. That's the, that's the question mark. Cause we know that defense, like the next top talking point is, can they be top 10? Can they lead this team to the playoffs? Like we've mentioned with the Patriots, Luke,
1: um, I, I, think they have the potential to make it to the playoffs, but no, I, I don't think they will be, um, a top 10 team in the NFL overall.
0: Yeah. They were 13th in defense yards in 10th in scoring. So, I mean, they were hovering around that top 10 with yards. So Chris, yeah. can TJ Watt and the boys, you know, recently new signed Patrick Peterson. They also drafted Joey Porter jr. Uh, they from Penn state. Can this defense get back to top 10 and, and do its thing?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think they're going to hover, like you said, Mark, I think they're going to hover around that 13-10. They're going to hover around that 10. I don't think they're going to go too much higher. Like you said, I mean, they did lose Cameron Sutton. That was a huge loss with them. But they did sign Patrick Peterson. That's going to give them that veteran leadership in the locker room. I mean, Peterson last year, five interceptions, 14 force incompletions. He earned his highest PFF grade since 2018. So, I mean, he's not – he's he's still there. I mean, is he in his prime? Probably not but he's not downfalling. And then, like you mentioned, Joey Porter, that was a steal of a corner in the second round there. I mean, Porter allowed 47.1% of his passes thrown into coverage to be completed last season in college. I mean, that's outstanding. He's going to be a lockdown corner, future cornerback right there.
0: Also, arguably the best defensive player in the NFL, TJ Watt out there on the defensive line. The man's a beast. He definitely... When he's playing and he's not hurt, which we've seen him hurt a couple times, when he's healthy and he's out there, that defense is different. The defense clicks, it moves at a different pace, a different level. He is the leader of that team.
1: Yeah, he, he is a game record on the defense. So, like you said, they're a completely different team with him on and off the field. So he, even I think the offense gets a little juice from him being on the field too. I think the Sealers overall look different with TJ Watt playing. Yeah,
2: he has that. He effect. makes. the I mean, he. He makes all that money. He needs to pay someone to clean his pool, okay? We can't take <laughs> oh, any yeah. more falling into the pool and yeah, tearing that, looked like a ter-
0: that looked like an ACL tear almost ready to happen, Chris.
2: TJ, pay somebody to clean that fucking pool. <laughs> hey,
0: I'll come clean that pool, TJ Watt. If you're listening, I will come to wherever you live at, and I'll clean that damn pool for you. Hey, you don't have to give me mega mega money. Just give me a little less than what your those five-star pool guys are getting out there. <laughs> but – Speaking of a, a beast of, of a leader, I think, you know, he proved me wrong last year, probably the most underrated coach. No one talks about because he hasn't won a Super Bowl since the 2008 season, hasn't been to the Super Bowl since the 2010 season, Mike Tomlin. I know he's had some 500 records back when they played 16 games, but the man does not lose does not have losing records. So that's, that's, the, that's the last point for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Will Mike Tomlin finally, finally get a losing season, or will he continue – to get at least nine wins. Luke.
1: No, he he gets that nine wins again this season. Uh, It's not going to happen. Mike Tom is going to find a way to get his nine wins or at least eight, eight, and one. He's going to figure out how to get it done. Mike Tom is one of the better coaches in the NFL. Probably, I put him number three coach in the NFL, maybe four, but top five. And he's not going to be on the hot seat for a long time, even with the Steelers. Even if he has a losing record, he's he's still pretty secure in his job.
0: Well, Pittsburgh's faithful to the coaches. I believe they've had three head coaches in like what, like their whole, like their last seventy years, something like that. They had Chuck Knoll, and then they had obviously Bill Cowher, and now Mike Tomlin. Chris, we know Luke's over on the over under. Does Mike Tomlin continue this winning record ways?
2: I mean, I think he does. I mean, at the end of the day, the Steelers are just such a hard team to get behind on paper heading into the 2023 they don't have really like we've already mentioned they don't really have any studs at the wide receiver core i mean they have a second year quarterback coming it's tough to get behind them but i think tomlin he always finds a way to maximize that pool of talent in that locker room and i have them over with nine wins
0: yeah the over under everyone's listening i didn't say eight and a half and i'm agreeing with you boys mike tomlin proved me wrong last year and uh, until he proves me wrong with his winning ways i i have him over as well i think He's a great coach. I honestly think he he might be the best coach in the division, honestly. Um, I know Luke's a Ravens fan. He might have a little bit of a say about John Harbaugh, which we're going to talk about him too because I've got some things to say about Mr. John H. out there. But I think Mike Tomlin is one of the better coaches in the league. I think, yeah, Bilicek history-wise is better, but not currently. I mean, Tomlin shows to keep elevating.
1: Tomlin's, what, the second longest tenured head coach in the NFL right now behind Bilicek? Yep. And Harbaugh's number three.
0: Yeah, I mean, that definitely shows that I mean, they they know how to keep their job. I mean, obviously Bill success is going to keep them there. Six Super Bowls, been in multiple more Super Bowls as a yeah. head coach. But yeah, that's the that's the Pittsburgh Steelers. And moving on to Luke's team, the Baltimore Ravens who finished at 10 and 7. They made the wild card last year. Obviously their their quarterback who they paid big bucks this year. Lamar Jackson was not at that game. Did not did not even show up for the game. Luke, that is the first question. Is this the year that the former MVP quarterback, Lamar Jackson, finally makes a deep run in the playoffs? The Ravens haven't won at least two playoff games since your Super Bowl year in 2012. Is this the season Lamar finally gets it done, makes a play, deep, deep playoff run?
1: Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, this is it. They're they're finally investing in that offense instead of the defense for once. So paid the quarterback, got the wide receivers. We got five first-round picks. And the wide receiver room. So, got two studs at the running back. The big question for the Ravens is if they stay healthy, which they, they had the they had the F for the training staff last season. So, they went this offseason to fire the entire training staff, got a new training staff. So, see if the new guys can figure it out, keep the players healthy. If they stay healthy, the Ravens would be a scary team on offense. Before and Chris they, jumps they, in, yeah,
0: I want to ask you on the weapons. You, you are a believer in these weapons. I know Mark Andrews is top three – Potentially top two tight end in the league. You're a believer in this offensive weapons they have outside Mark Andrews?
1: Yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh Zay Flowers, I think he's gonna be a stud. He's got Steve Smith out here coaching him up uh, on how to be a smaller wide receiver, play feisty like he did. Uh I think Odell Beckham's he's gonna he's gonna prove it year. So he's gonna try to prove himself that he's still got it. I mean, you saw him play in the Super Bowl, what, two years ago. He probably would have been the Super Bowl MVP. And now he's actually got his knee completely fixed. He says he's fully healthy, ready to go. So I think he's going to try to prove it. And this is also uh, Bateman's prove it year, too. So he, he's been banged up a couple, like the last two seasons, hasn't really got that opportunity to show what he's got. You saw at the beginning of the season, he, he played well until he was hurt and just kind of fell off. But so. Yeah. Chris, you hear that oh, excitement. I, I haven't heard Luke yeah. this
0: excited in the Sackhouse since he's yeah, been on the show. Are you Ray, keep hyping him up, Luke? Chris, you're gonna keep hyping him up or, or are you gonna bring him down a little bit? How do you feel about Lamar Jackson? Is this finally the time that the 2019 MVP takes him on a deep playoff run?
2: Yeah, I mean, this is the most Luke knows about a football team, so he's hyped. But I mean, I think the fact that this receiving core is the deepest and most talented that they've had with Jackson's career is just sad. I mean, they have OBJ, old coming off back-to-back ACL tears. Does he even have a fucking ACL anymore? And what's the statistics of a wide receiver coming back from that? I mean, they brought in Nelson Aguilar. He's okay. The number one talent there is Mark Andrews. I mean, you have two running backs that can't stay healthy. I don't think either of them played a full season. Well, three running backs if you count Lamar. If you count Lamar. Four if you
1: count Justice Hill, too. Uh,
2: I don't even know who that is. He's he's pretty good.
1: He's a little scat back.
2: Okay. I mean, that's how much he makes a, a impact on a team. Okay. He did last I season. Think, I think the only – was that when Lamar was always hurt?
1: It was when okay, our whole bad. office was hurt. Okay. I'm
2: yeah. I mean, I think the Ravens need to stay healthy for this team to be number one over here in the north. I think – Lamar needs to prove it. I mean, he got his big ass contract. Can he, can he make these games? Can he stay healthy? I mean, he had what back to back, back to back seasons—twelve games this year, twelve games last year, and then fifteen. I mean, we haven't seen much from him since that 2019 MVP season. I, I think they did great with Flowers. I mean, he's also a very small wide receiver, so we'll see how he does, but. I think the Ravens are still going to be the second team in this division.
0: Yeah, Luke, I hate to say it. I think Lamar, I mean, we agree. This is definitely a prove-it year for Lamar. I mean, he got paid. So, I mean, I guess he doesn't have to prove it for contract purposes. But to prove why he got paid, he has to prove it. man has one playoff win and four games. So, yes, he has to prove it. I don't think this offense is good enough to make a deep playoff run. I think Lamar is good enough to get them to the playoffs. I think he's going enough to be a wild card team maybe challenge the Bengals for the division. I mean, you'd never say never when it comes to that kind of thing, those kind of things. But I don't think that this offense is good enough to compete with the likes of Kansas city, New York, Cincinnati, Buffalo, potentially Miami. If they're healthy, when it comes to scoring the ball in the playoffs, when it matters, I just don't trust Lamar Jackson outside of Mark Andrews. I don't trust the receivers. Odell's battled this ACL a couple of times now. And I don't trust your receivers size for Lamar to be successful. His accuracy. Yes. He was good. His MVP year because the box is being stacked. So it's easy to make one-on-one throws, but when you can kind of challenge that run game a little bit, he makes a little bit of wild throws and you need a bigger body receiver. And you just don't have that kind of big body out there. Bateman's small flowers is small Odell. We don't know what he's going to be because of his injuries. And yes, Mark Andrews, I guess I'll give you all that all day long outside Kelsey and maybe Kittle and maybe Hawkinson. There's no one else that can compete with him in the tight position. I don't trust Lamar Jackson when it comes to it in the playoffs. So I don't know if you, if you want to rebuttal that, Luke. I mean, like I said, you are the Ravens fan. I mean, I think the offense is overrated. That was the next point. I, I just think they're overrated when it matters.
1: No, I, I don't think the offense is overrated at all. I mean, they, they're getting a lot of hype this offseason, but I, I don't think they're overrated. I think this is the first time like they've really invested in wide receivers for Lamar. So now Lamar's running a brand-new offense with Todd Munkin. And he's – I mean, Lamar said he's got the keys to ship here. So he's making a lot of decisions on the fly. So we'll see how he does with that.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's going to be the key. You keep saying that they they got these weapons for Lamar, but I still don't see weapons. I mean, you got Nelson Aguilar. We got OBJ, back-to-back injuries. Compared As to our last
1: wide receiver like, cores, I
2: mean, it is a lot better. Compared to the last one, it is a lot better. And that's why I said that the fact that this is the deepest wide receiver yeah. core is sad.
1: And, and they're still able to make the playoffs with that.
0: But but so you make the playoffs, but you guys maybe win, you won a playoff game a couple years against the Titans. But is it still deep enough to make a deep playoff run? I mean, maybe a game? Yeah, okay. I can understand maybe a game. But that's the point is you, you upgrade it from dirt shit. To polished shit doesn't mean it's still great enough to be Super Bowl for the it, team.
1: It's if Lamar can stay healthy, if all of us can stay moderately healthy this season, I think we have a chance to make it deep in the playoffs.
0: But that's the problem is I've seen Lamar Jackson have the number one overall seed in the AFC in his MVP year. And then gets just demolished by Tennessee. Didn't play that good in that game anyways. And then the Buffalo game, he was pretty bad. Even the Tennessee game y'all won. He wasn't that good. So I just, I just don't know, man. I, I we know the history with the Chiefs. You guys don't have – Lamar doesn't have a good history against the Chiefs, only beating them once. I mean, he's 6-2 and two against the Bengals, like you stated, but only 1-1 one one against Joe Burrow. So I, I just don't know, and I think the Jets are going to be really good. I don't know if you can compete with the, the offensive juggernauts like the, with those guys. That's the only problem. And with that, if you guys can't get it done, Luke, John Harbaugh. Uh, John Harbaugh. We know we talked about Bill Belichick and his six Super Bowls, and we're talking about him potentially being done. Is it time for John to show up, win some games, or is it time for him to get the hell out of the Baltimore and replace them and have a new culture?
1: No, no, I don't think John Harbaugh is going anywhere. I don't think his seat's even a little bit warm. I mean that the Ravens front office very, very loyal, very tight knit front office. So I don't think Harbaugh's going anywhere anytime soon. Plus, if you get rid of him, then who are you going to go get? You know, promote somebody from in, within the Ravens organization? Or I, I don't think Harbaugh goes anywhere. They, they love him in Baltimore. He's a big figure in the Baltimore area, so he's going to stay on the team, even if they don't make the playoffs.
0: I have a name for you. If he balls out as offensive coordinator and he proves it wasn't Andy Reid, bring Eric Benemi in. Let him run an offense and let him build an offense that he likes. Chris, it's a time for John to get that seat a little warm because he hasn't done anything really in the playoffs since
2: 2012. I I agree with Luke. I, I don't think his seat's a little warm right now, but it should be. Like you said, they haven't done much since 2012, haven't made a late put, playoff push. And the way he's managing this team, I know he's not the GM, but he definitely has some insight to the GM's mind. The way that they're adding weapons just it hasn't been there the past four years.
0: Yeah, I agree with you guys. I mean, they're very loyal out there. They, they're they not going to probably replace him. I think that he sh- maybe not should get replaced, but I mean – They should be talking to him and say, listen, John, you got to win a couple games. I mean, hell, your brother's making playoff appearances finally out there in in, uh, Michigan. So why can't you do the same thing and get to that final four spot? You know, get to the AFC Championship. Just get to the AFC Championship. Show some sign that you can do it. He hasn't done it since the Ray Lewis and Ed Reed and the boys out there. It's been a long time. It's been 11 seasons, Luke, since John Habas got that team deep in the playoffs.
1: I think this team that they have now is capable of doing it. I think they're going to have a top five defense as well. They probably have the best linebacker duo with uh, Smith and Queen sitting back there. Uh, young defensive line ready to prove themselves and a solid secondary. So well, hopefully, the def- hopefully Queen can this team too.
0: Hopefully, Queen can stay upright when he gets a running quarterback trying to run him over like the Madden game.
1: But, but hey, it's hey. only Madden, only Madden. Yeah, it is. To I have I the, over the over under.
0: F- The over-under Luke for the Baltimore Ravens, I think I know where you're lying there. Ten and a half. Yeah. They were 10-7 and last year. Where do you got them at?
1: I got them way over. So I'm going, well, four losses for the Ravens. So split the Bengals, uh, then lose Chargers, 49ers, and split Steelers.
0: So with 13-4, is that the best record in the AFC? Or is that maybe like number two in the AFC?
1: Uh, I think that would probably be like the two seed. I think Kansas City is going to have a hell of a year again. But I think they edge out the uh Bills for the number two seed and the Bills get three.
0: Chris, you have that schedule up. Are you agreeing with Luke? Are are you over ten and a half? I mean if you are, is that is a big number like that? Where are you looking at for the Baltimore Ravens?
2: Um I'm under at ten. I think they I think they lose against Cincinnati mm-hmm. at Cincinnati. I think they lose at Cleveland. I think they go on a winning streak here. They beat Pittsburgh, they beat Tennessee. I, I'm i high up on Detroit. I think Detroit wins. Arizona, Seattle, they win. Cleveland, they win. Cincinnati, they lose again. And then um, they win Los Angeles, Los Angeles, beat Jacksonville, and then lose the last three.
0: Yeah, I mean, I have under Chris with you at 10. I mean, not saying all the games. I'm just saying there's some games you can you split with the whole division. So that's already three. We already yeah. said it. I can see them losing against the Chargers. I can see them losing against the Lions. Hey, Pete Carroll is great when traveling to the East Coast with the Seahawks. I definitely see that. You have the Niners up there. Don't count Duval County out. It's at Jacksonville. It's going to be a primetime game. Wherever they're playing is going to be rocking. I mean, like I said, Trevor Lawrence definitely made that jump last year. I have 10, no more than 11, though. So I have it right there at 10. And that's the second, maybe third place team, depending on the tiebreaker with the Cleveland Browns. But moving on to the other Ohio team, last year's, Division champion at twelve and four. They didn't play that seventeenth game due to the Demar Hamlin game. The Cincinnati Bengals—they've made a Super Bowl with Joe Burrow's first healthy year, second season. Last year they made AFC Championship. They made an AFC Championship both years. He's been healthy, Chris. Can they get to their second Super Bowl in three years? Can Joe Burrow take the Cincinnati Bengals back to the Super Bowl?
2: I mean, Cincinnati this off season—they didn't drastically get worse. They drastically didn't get better. I mean, they just shifted. They're slightly younger. They shifted around talent, and I I think that could be enough. I mean, it all depends on what that O-line's looking at. I know we're going to cover that in a little bit, but I, they have a shot.
0: Luke, you're going no, right?
2: No, I, I
1: don't think they're making a the Super Bowl. It, that was what your question was. No. I hate to yeah. make it second round of the playoffs, but no. No, no season yeah. for the Bengals.
0: I have a potential Super Bowl. I mean, like I said, I mentioned earlier when we talked about the AFC East, the Jets, Bengals, and AFC Championship. So if you ask me in June right now when we're recording this, I think it's going to come down to Jets, Bengals, and AFC Championship, which means Joe Burrow gets back to another conference title game in his his fourth season, played all three healthy seasons, and he gets back there. He's kind of shown he's a little clutch. And that's the question, Luke. Joe Slant's, you know, Mr. Slant King to you. Can he get that MVP trophy?
1: No, no, I don't think he does. It, it's gonna be hogged up by um, Mahomes for the top for like the time being. I think Aaron Rodgers has another shot at it this year, a little more uh, weapons for him. But no, I don't think Joe Burrow's that good of a player by himself to get the player to get the MVP. I think he relies too much on his wide receivers to do a lot of the work for him. So he'll do that little five yard slant and just let Jamar Chase run it for eighty yards. Chris, he's
2: an LSU boy. A, I mean, they had a lot of slants in those playoff games against the Ravens.
1: Yeah,
0: I think we were counting. I think we counted. Luke, two or me three, and Luke were uh, counting.
2: Yeah. yeah, we were yeah, all it counting. Just, it was we almost every throw. Was a, every throw was either like a deep slant, a post slant. I mean, there was a lot of slants. Comeback slants were in there. I think Joe Mixon even got a slant in there, a handoff slant a couple times. Probably did. Is Probably Joe Mixon did. ever going to play this season?
0: Yeah. <laughs> hey, that's will come minutes. a minute. Chris, Joe Um, Slant's
2: MVP, though, this year? I mean, like Luke said, I think it's hard with Patrick Mahomes there. I mean, he's elite. Again, we got to see the O-line. But, I mean, Joe Slant probably has one of the most deadly trios as wide receiver, Chase Higgins and Boyd. I mean, that's probably the best trio of wide receivers in the NFL right now.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be hard. And like I said, Mahomes is getting that Brady effect, where and Aaron Rodgers effect, where I don't think Mahomes gonna win every year. Obviously, they're just not gonna give it to the same guy every single year. But I think he's got a shot. I think he's a top three candidate. I really do. I think he was close his first healthy year because he made that late, you know, that late push, and he had the numbers to get it. But obviously, Aaron Rodgers was balling at a different level, so he got it. I think if they can get the number one record, even maybe even the two record in the AFC, maybe NFL, he can get it. But it's very hard. Like you said, Jalen Hurts is going to come back hungry too this year. There's a lot of names that are going to want it. And I know Luke mentioned it. Well, we're going to mention both at the same time. Joe Mixon and that offensive line. Is Mixon going to play, Luke? And is that O-line improved? They did sign Orlando Brown, you know, former Raven, former Chief, once we won the Chiefs last year. Can this O-line improve, keep Joe Burrow upright? And can Joe Mixon keep the load off Joe, Joe Burrow as well?
1: Yeah, uh, Orlando Brown is a good player, but I, he's pretty much too big of a diva. At the uh, left tackle position, that's the reason he, the Ravens traded him. It's just because like he wasn't willing to play right t- right tackle because he wasn't good enough to play left tackle for for the Ravens. So they traded him the Chiefs, and I think he was he was having problems over there with the Chiefs, and the Chiefs ended up let him go, let him walk. So, but we don't even know if Mixon's uh, going to play or if he's going to be suspended or what's going to happen with him for the season.
0: He might even be a training camp uh, cut. You know, during those 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 cut days. So Chris, does Joe Mixon stay on the team, you think? What's your prediction there? And does this O line help Joe Burrow, one of the most heavily hit quarterbacks in his last two years, stay upright?
2: Yeah, I mean Mixon is just it's it's up there. It I know he's talking about contract money. I mean the suspension is there. Do they even want to worry about that? I mean, there's a lot of a lot of talks about running backs in this league right now, talking about money and they're not getting paid. So does Mixon see that? And say, hey, I'll be a team player and I'll take whatever I can get. With the O-line thing, I mean, Orlando Brown, that's just a red flag. I mean, we're paying, Bengals are paying elite money. Has he shown being elite? Sort of. But, I mean, the Chiefs and Ravens both moved on from him. So, I mean, it's a red flag there. They got Cody Ford on the inside. They definitely look to improve that O-line. Hopefully it works out again. I mean, we thought we imp- they improved it last season, and it didn't.
0: Man, he's saying we a lot there, Luke. He might be a closet Bengals fan. Well, I mean, hey,
2: I already told you, Bengals my second. No,
0: I think Joe stay, I think Joe Mixon stays on the team now. Suspension, we'll have to see where that comes. I think he has at least one more year in the tank that can help Joe Burrow and uh, that offensive firepower they have, like you mentioned with the trio and. I think the O-line will be a little better. I think Orlando Brown's a good signing for them. Maybe overpaid a little bit, but hey, you know you have to overpay left tackles. It's the most important position on that offensive line. It's the blind side for right-handed quarterbacks. So I think the Bengals' O-line will be just fine. I think Mixon will be there at least one more year. They did draft uh, Chase Brown, rookie out of Illinois, one of the better running backs in college last year. I think the Bengals are going to be good. And one thing yeah. we haven't talked about is they lost both safeties. They lost Von Bell to the Panthers. They lost Jesse Bates the third to the Atlanta Falcons. Does that actually hurt the defense? Are they not talking about this, Chris?
2: Yeah. So I mean, that leaves a huge hole in their secondary. And the Bengals kind of did what it, a little movement of Rob Peter to Pay Paul. I mean, instead of spending that money in that second secondary, they spent money on the offensive line that really needed needed it. They have Daxon Hill coming out of the twenty twenty two draft. I mean, he he's going to have to step up. So I mean, they they kind of. Switch the talent to younger guys instead of paying these older guys and paying for that offensive line.
0: Yeah, Luke, is this defense yeah. going to take a
1: hit?
2: Uh, I think the defense does. I think they don't have the the capability to, like
1: handle high powered offenses, like big time quarterbacks like Mahomes or Josh Allen, or uh, they're going to have a hard time containing Lamar in the Ravens' offense that they can actually throw the ball now. So it's going to be tough for them. But the Bengals, this is going to be a make or break year for the Bengals because. They're gonna to have to start paying some of these dudes, like Joe Burrow's up for it, Jamar Chase, Higgins, and Boyd. All gonna be looking at contracts here, pretty much after this season or sometime in this offseason. Yeah, so somebody's gonna to have to get. it. Somebody's going to have to go.
0: This defense was a bender break last year. They were 16th in yards, but hey, they're only six in scoring. So they definitely held the other team to not scoring that many points. But the safety's being gone. I think that's gonna drastically change. That score might go up a little bit. Which is going to put more pressure on the offense? And like you said, Luke, T. Higgins. I know Chase. Chase is getting paid. Joe Burrow will get paid. They'll find a way to keep those two. The question is, Tyler Boyd's out the door. He's not going to stay. The question is, though, is can they keep T. Higgins alongside with Chase? That will be a topic for the 2024 outlook. But yeah, I there's a lot of pressure. This is definitely you know maybe a, a go all in for this year, and hopefully they stay afloat you know for the future. But this defense needs to take some pressure off that offense, too. You don't want to put too much pressure. Like Chris Amino with the Falcons and the Saints for those many years, we had shit defenses, and you're forcing your highly talented offense to score 35 points a game. And that's not how you win games in this league. You have to have a, a you know well-balanced defense. Last year, they were good enough to do it. And if they can keep that afloat, they'll be fine. Yeah, so over, under? It's going
1: to be tough for them with that the weaker defense in the NFC North, too. Having to, like – compete against these top-tier defenses that the NFC North is, like, known to produce.
0: Yeah, and with that, Luke, like I said, we have the over-under. I mean, they were 12-4 last year. We're going to go with that. 12 and a half Luke. Under, yeah, I'm, I'm assuming, for you?
1: Yeah, I'm going to go with five losses for the Bengals. So they're going to split Ravens, lose Kansas City, lose the Vikings, lose the 49ers, and split the Steelers.
0: Yeah, that Kansas City game's tough there, Chris. I mean, Joe Burrow is 3-1 against Patty Mahomes out there. He's the only quarterback, I think, to beat Patrick Mahomes three times in a career. Yeah. Over-under Burrow, for the... the Burrow my ass. Yeah, uh, over-under, Chris, 12 and a half for those Cincinnati Bengals.
2: I've I've over with 13 to 14 wins this season.
0: Yeah, I'm going to go over for Houdet. Actually... Actually, I'm going to go under. I'm going to go 12. But division winning 12 wins. I, I have the Bengals win the division at 12 and 5. I think those are a couple games they shouldn't probably maybe. Like I said, they're going to split the division and then the two out of division games they'll find somewhere. Uh, 12 and 5, though, for the Bengals, I have a repeating division winner in the AFC North. Luke has the Ravens, his hometown team. Chris has his college boy, Joe Burrow. Mr. Joe Slant's what we call him in the sack house, taking him back for a third straight division title. That is your AFC North, boys and next week's show on monday when we record nfc north doc will be excited we're going to cover the lions the bears the vikings and the green bay packers some interesting storylines actually in that division and speaking of the detroit lions they released that new helmet you know like luke said kind of like that mustang feel they have the two stripes blue and white going down and they have the the light blue helmets but they have their throwback god their throwback logo i just think it looks ugly I don't mind the stripes that much, but with the, the lion, it kind of reminds me of that grocery store food line, and it looks like dog shit. Chris, you feeling this helmet?
2: Yeah, the, the helmet looks like poo-poo. I don't know what intern made this design. The lion, what's up with his tail? Like, it comes out, it looks like you're playing Snake, and then the two lines, like, I get what they're going for. That old, I just, I don't like it. Luke? Um...
1: I think that – I like the color blue it has. It looks cool with their gray uniforms. If they would have gotten rid of those two Mustang stripes, I think that helmet would overall look a lot better. I get what they're going for with the throwback logo, but those little Mustang Mach 3 or Mach whatever, Mach 1 stripes, not doing it for me.
0: Yeah, and maybe if the stripes are gone, maybe the line would be fine. I just think it reminds me of food line, so I don't know why.
1: it, it does is that actually like their throwback lion is it real or is yeah. it just a made up one yeah it's oh, a it's, throwback yeah, it's...
0: no it's it's real yeah unfortunately right. it's a real throwback
1: oh well the, the lion's fine if it's actual throwback they yeah, actually I... just made that for this but yeah, i prefer the Mustang stripes
0: there are some throwbacks you just don't need i mean i understand like the Pittsburgh Bumblebee uniforms just yeah they're ugly
1: they're trash
0: yeah like it's a throwback but it's ugly i mean if it's ugly don't don't use it that's I mean, come on, your fans are going to be embarrassed. Detroit, you can do a lot better than that, especially with the firepower and hype you're getting. Hey, but speaking of firepower, Chris, we had two two firepower trades. Chris Paul got traded to the Wizards, and then they shipped them out to Golden State for Jordan Poole. Does this make the Golden State Warriors contenders again? Now they have uh, Steph, Clay, Andrew Wiggins. Draymond's potentially going to come back. He wants to retire with Steph Curry. So is this good for the Warriors? They're pretty small, though. I-
2: I mean, the Warriors were always going to be contenders. I think this was a huge move because, I mean, we saw truly who Poole was in the playoffs. He played like dog shit, not up to his name. And like you mentioned when we were talking about all the NBA games, it was like, why is he even considered a superstar? Because he's not. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and speaking of the other trade, Chris, Porzingis. Christop- I can't pronounce his first name. Porzingis, formerly a New York Knicks, formerly a Maverick, and a Washington Wizard. Got traded to Boston. Boston was heavy on them. They just wanted them. The first trade they had fell through and then they got them and they traded Marcus Smart to Memphis. Is this a win for Boston? Does this keep them up float? Maybe be an a Eastern Conference favorite still?
2: Yeah. Big, big move for Boston.
0: Yeah. I mean, I have to disagree. I just don't, I don't know if I like it. I mean, I don't know what they're, I don't know what they're trying to do out in Boston. Apparently, Boston's still trying to make moves. So we'll see what's going to go on there. Hey, that's your NBA uh, talk. And we mentioned the Wizards, Chris and Luke. Qatar, the city of Qatar. I mean, I call it Qatar. Some people call it Qatar. However you want to say it. doesn't matter to me. The first sovereign wealth fund to buy into American sports. They own 5% of the parent company of the Washington Wizards, the Washington Capitals, and the Washington Mystics. So the NBA, the NHL, and the WNBA team. Is this, like we've mentioned it before with Saudi, is the Middle East coming for American sports, Luke?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think so. It's a good, good investment for them. Like the oil fields might be like done. Uh, Most like the United States are moving away from the oil, moving all to electric. So this might be an investment for them to get ahead of like losing that income.
0: Chris, you you liking this, you like, you liking that middle East coming over here and, you know, taking over American sports potentially. I mean, it's only 5%, but still they're in, they're in there.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's definitely a small sharehold over the whole thing. I think this is just going to open up the floodgates to more, countries outside the U S trying to buy into U S teams. And I, I, I don't like it. I mean, but Hey, whatever, whatever stays. The reason
0: why I, the only reason why I don't like it is just potentially if they move teams to the other side of the country. Like I don't have a problem with other countries having teams and professionals, but it's just harder for us, you know, uh, us in the United States of America to watch the games. It's kind of why I don't like the London games already. I live out in the West coast. I have to wake up at six, six 30 in the morning just to watch the game. I understand like, you know, you want to expand to the other parts of the world, but it's hard for where this sport is primarily in for us to already watch it. That's the only going to like about it is if they move it, Hey, if they want to buy into it, why not? I mean, I don't care who your owner is and who, you know, who your board is from. I just, I'm afraid that the game's going to move over to other parts of the world. And it's harder for us to watch it because it's going to be inconvenient for
1: us. Yeah. Hey, yeah. I mean, money talks. though.
2: That's a great point you have there, Mark, with possibly teams moving over. And I mean maybe they should look into opening up their own league. I mean, we have the Canadian Football League and we get players out of there or players go there when they're done with the NFL. So I mean maybe Qatar should get their own Qatar League.
0: Yeah. I mean it's just to be honest, <laughs> being out there before in the summertime when it's football season, I don't know if the players are gonna like that too much. 120 degrees, 115 degrees, I don't I don't think so. The thing is. I guess you could play in indoor stadiums. That's hey, true. They get the money for that.
2: They got, Hey, they got indoor snow snowboarding facilities.
0: That is very true. They do. That's my only, my only concern is if they move teams over there. Like I said, I have no problem who owns a team. I don't care if Joe Schmo from, from France owns a team. I don't care. It doesn't bother me at all. If they want to grow the game in, in our country, that's fine. I love it. I mean, well, why not help the team grow and, and develop? Uh, Chris, Next topic, Les Miles, your former, winning – he won the NCAA championship back when it was the BCS Bowl with, you know, Jamarcus Russell and Matt Flynn. He got vacated, 37 wins from 2012 to 2015 for paying one of the players' father. He might have lost Hall of Fame spot. Shame, shame on your boy Les Miles, huh?
2: Yeah, I mean this – I saw the news break today, and it, I mean it hurt me, not going to lie. I love Les Miles, that grass-eating motherfucker. I loved him as a coach until he started not doing so good. I mean, his scheme in football is just the power run formation, and that wasn't cutting it anymore. I mean, I would have loved to see – he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. I, it also hurts knowing that other teams are doing this as well. I mean, you have Alabama that – I mean, you can say allegedly they probably paid Mark Ingram. I mean, kid claims from New Jersey, doesn't have money. Plays in Alabama and then buys his mom a house. How is this kid making money playing college football when NIL wasn't a thing yet?
0: He was working I mean, at. Uh, he was looking at the local shops downtown, dude.
2: Yeah, yeah. While practicing for Nick Saban. So I mean, if they're gonna if they're gonna investigate LSU, start investigating all of other teams, College yeah. football. I mean, you have Luke. Reggie Bush out of USC that got his Heisman well, pulled. Well, that was because he was
0: selling his merchandise that was yeah, you different.
2: Can't can't do that back then.
0: But, hey, Luke, yeah. speaking of – I mean, is LSU shady? They had a basketball coach, too, that got fired. You know, he's, he lost 10 games as well with his new team. Should they start investigating LSU a lot more? Maybe it's all the other teams, maybe baseball, too?
1: Yeah, I mean hey, – We were ahead of the time. Hey, it, you, you can look into it. I mean, uh, LSU is doing whatever it takes to win. So, if it takes paying, paying some players, they're going to come play for the team. They're going to do it. Same thing with the Saints. You know, it's the – like the Louisiana teams, they all fucking do it. They got the bounty hits, the bounty scandals. They pay players to fucking knock quarterbacks out, try to injure them. So that's what that's what they do down there.
2: I mean, every every team did bounty hits. I mean, Ohio back in the day, you hit a, There's you only hit one somebody hard. Enough. Only one team got hit a hard. I know. But they started <laughs> well, one best- coach.
0: Well, one coach got caught. He got caught doing it with the, uh, the Commanders, or formerly, you know, the team they were known before that back then with the letter R. But, yeah, that's a coach thing, I mean. But, hey, yeah, LSU, man, tisk tisk. you know. Maybe they should vacate that damn trophy, too, with the 2000 and what, You ain't cheating, you ain't trying. Exactly.
2: Hey. Hey, if if they do vacate that trophy in 2017, we'll self-claim it, just like UCF. Yeah, it's always a way to do it. a little asterisk next to it.
0: Speaking of a guy that never had to self-proclaim anything, Deion Sanders, coach primetime. We talked about before, he's keeping his foot but he's getting emergency surgery on his leg. So we just want to give a shout-out to you, Coach Prime, out there at University of Colorado. Hopefully that surgery goes well and you get those blood clots out of your leg. and Hopefully that foot stays fine if you don't lose it.
2: With with hey. Coach Prime real quick, too. I mean, do you boys think his little statement about him not wanting to coach the NFL is true or not? Well, that's what if I mentioned. Offered, I said... if, if he got offered an NFL job, is he taking it? Actually, I, I don't think he will. I mean, I think he
1: wants to have the impact on the kids. I think that's really what's like more important to him is helping kids out. It's the whole reason he really went to Jackson State in the first place was to help kids get to the NFL level. And plus, I don't think he wants to deal with the divas at the NFL level, the, those wide receivers, stuff like that. These dudes making more money than him. Well, probably not making more than him, but dude's actually making good money. I don't think he wants to deal with all that.
2: Oh, they'd be getting paid uh, more than him. I wouldn't I wouldn't I, I wouldn't say they have more money than him overall though. Oh yeah, not overall. maybe not overall. Yeah. But I the statement about him wanting to help the kids, I'm not saying he's not there to help these kids. But I don't think it's about that. I think it's about control. Prime has to be in control. He has to be the head of the chair. And I think if he goes well, to the NFL, he's gonna lose that role. I mean, he, he doesn't, exactly, he doesn't want, he's exactly he not going for anybody else. People. Yeah. <laughs> he's he doesn't yeah. want to work for anybody else but i mean just look at the colorado kids that were looking for their tape at practice and Prime was like no
0: yeah I, I don't know about the nfl maybe maybe one day like when when he's had enough of the college football, maybe he's had a good 10 15 years in college and he's like hey i want to try to challenge but i think the next step if he's going to do anything it's going to be a bigger program than colorado i i know we've mentioned florida state maybe maybe one day they'll Al- get a little alabama yeah, maybe Alabama. Hey, maybe they, they Texas say, gets
1: rid. They say he probably doesn't have too many more years in him.
0: Maybe Sarkeesian, too. Maybe Sarkeesian, they get rid of him after a while. Maybe he wants to go to Texas. You know, he can get those Texas boys to play. For- I mean, you know Texas would be
1: heavily recruited. He, he's got a house in Texas.
0: Yeah, so I'm so I'm saying that there's some big-name colleges that could one day, hey, you never know, maybe James Franklin and Penn State gets fired, and then he goes to Penn State, and he brings Penn State back to glory days. and and you know, he, He's going to turn someone around one day. I you know, think he'll J- J- make Pro that days. jump yeah back then (laughs) but just give you a shout out prime hopefully you you recover good but to end our show boys we got a must ask debate you know out there on instagram on our in our dms from ladarius you know he asked us he i mean he just wants to know who our favorite player to watch was in our from our division rivals so for you luke the Bengals, the browns and the steelers for me the Saints, the Bucks, or the Panthers. And Chris, same thing, minus the Saints. He's a have to pick someone from the Falcons. I'll go first. I I loved watching the Bucks defense back in the day. Rodney Barber, to me, is one of the better corners I've ever watched play football. The man was a beast. He was obviously on a great defense with Derrick Brooks and John Lynch and Warren Sapp and Simeon Rice. But, man, Rodney Barber was always the right place, right time kind of corner. The man was a beast. I hated playing against him because the man was a stud. But – with that being said, I'm glad he's finally going to the Hall of Fame. Man deserves it. Also a pretty good commentator for Fox. But, yeah, I like watching Ronnie Barber play. I think number 20 out there in Tampa Bay was a beast. Luke, I know you were kind of questioning it. Who you, yeah. gotta, who you picking from the AFC North?
1: So I'm going to go Troy Polamalu. Dude played the safety position very different than anybody else ever has. Pretty much played the line of scrimmage half the time anyways. Uh eight time Pro Bowler, played twelve seasons, two Super Bowls. Dude is a fucking freak. Like he he balled out. He was not scared of contact, super athletic, not a huge frame, not a huge body, but super athletic. Got the ball in his hands. He's most of the time he was probably taking it to the house or he's gonna do something fucking ridiculous with that ball. Yeah, you so remember the playoff
0: was, game. You remember that playoff game where he had he scooped his hand underneath that for the against yeah, the Ravens? Yeah, you remember it, that.
1: It, it, it may have touched the grass, but No, dude, it was crazy to watch play the game. It was crazy to watch in the AFC North two elite safeties playing the the game very differently. So, yeah. Yeah. Ed Reeves off the ball, ball hawking, picking off uh, quarterbacks. And Troy Palmolli was just fucking full full head, full head of steam down at the quarterback, jumping over linemen before they changed the rules. Like, dude, dude is an animal. Time in the snap count. It fucked up Pat McAfee's uh, one-touchdown opportunity.
0: Yeah, I saw that. Uh, I heard that. Nah, he, and, and he that, was,
1: that
0: was always the argument was who was the best safety at the time. I mean, I go Ed Reed. Just I like that style. He played better, more like the ball hawk. He, Paul Moller, like you said, was the strong safety, more like when you had the Legion yeah. of Boom. He was the camp chancellor. He invented that role. Chris, NFC South, I mean, who are you going?
2: I mean, the South is hard. I mean, we had a lot of great players, like you mentioned. The Tampa Bay defense, you could literally pick anybody on that defense and it could be there. Carolina had some great players. Most recently, Christian McCaffrey. You also I love watching Luke Keekley. I mean, he was a killer linebacker. But I'm going to have to go a player out of Tampa Bay, Julio Jones, number six. Phen- <laughs> yeah, show some respect. Hey, well, first off, show some respect. Fuck, show- fuck the Falcons. No, show some respect Don't on fuck Julio. the Falcons. Tampa Bay Julio Jones. Uh, but, he was yeah, a good he, he wasn't he
0: wasn't the prime and who you know, yeah, Mr. 300 uh, receiving yards 2016. Did he had some teddies
2: down there in Tampa. Yeah, hey, he did. Great great player. I loved watching him in Tampa.
0: Yeah, that one year in Tampa that's definitely what put him in the Hall of Fame was definitely playing with Tom Brady out there and Mike Evans and Godwin. But no, I definitely Julio with Atlanta like Chris said was a beast. Uh I couldn't really pick a Saints player. I wasn't a huge Drew Brees fan. I mean, I thought he was great. I just didn't really like watching him. He didn't excite me. Just maybe the style was not there. But Saints had some good players. But, yeah, thanks, Liderius, uh, for following us and listening to us and, you know, giving us a little listener's load segment. Hey, anyone that wants to participate or just follow us, we have TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube all about the Boss Podcast. So search The Sack House. You guys just follow us, like our videos, and just ask us questions. We'll definitely – Put you out there and you know, read your questions out. But boys, man, what a good what a good episode. AFC North. You know, we found out the Bengals are gonna be a three time winner like the Buffalo Bills are the AFC East. No.
2: And who day nation. Who day. But I don't have to switch much. Who day, who dat. Yeah, it's hey. true. You don't have to who, who copies
1: who copied who? And there was
0: always Saints argument. I think who day that. was yeah, it was always who day co- first.
2: The jungle was was first. They were they were also there before us, but that's true.
0: Uh, but, hey, what a great episode, of boys. Definitely loved it. Luke, you did great. You know, mm-hmm. you were definitely passionate tonight. I saw that fire in your eyes. You heard that in your voice, man. It was great talking to AFC hey, we, North, wasn't it?
2: We got yeah, a division was. he and, knows
0: about.
1: Yeah, no, I know. I pay, pay attention to this division a little bit.
0: <laughs> Chris, you did great as well. You know, good to have you in the sackhouse talking football. Great with your takes in the AFC North, my friend.
2: Hey, thank you, and I just want to say for all you listeners out there, go Tigers. We're going to play Saturday, and we're going to fuck Florida up, because fuck Florida. Also, that documentary's yep. coming out pretty soon in the swamp. Excited to see should, that should one. we should, should be pretty fire. Yeah, that one I'm excited for. Plus, the, the, Netflix,
1: the Netflix quarterback um, documentary coming out, following Patrick Mahomes, uh, and what? Kersh- what? Kirk? Who else is following Kirk- it? Kirk uh, Cousins, Cousins Mariota, and, and oh, Mariota! Yeah, where he gets cut on his birthday. Yeah, uh, so you have your, you have your super, birthday.
0: You have your superstar. You have your average quarterback, and then you have your below average quarterback. That's a good way to feed it. But speaking of that that documentary real quick before we sign out, I'm excited to see that. Like Chris said, you have a, a killer and Aaron Hernandez. You have a, a priest, Mr. Holy Man Tim Tebow out there. God bless. And, you yeah. got a racist and Riley Cooper, Percy Harvin with his mind grains. You have Joe Hayden out there, Urban Meyer, who allows all his coaches to do whatever, allegedly. Um, but, man, Cam I can really see the laptops. Yeah, Cam Newton's on that team as well uh, for that little dynasty. Now, I don't know. I found some brothers. The twins. Yeah, brothers are there. Hey, even Chris Leak was on that first championship they had. So I'm excited to see man, that. Wild. I'm also excited to talk NFC North Docs Division next episode. But, hey, episode boys that is luke rule that is chris comeinhart shout out to you doc out there celebrating newlyweds i'm mark davis and this is all about the balls podcast and we are out thank you for checking out another episode of all about the balls podcast we want to thank all of our listeners and supporters of the sack house you can listen to the show on spotify apple Podcasts, and youtube and don't forget to subscribe and give us a follow on twitter and instagram at the sack house